Welcome, everyone, to the Our Strange Guys podcast. I am your host, Rob Christofferson, and I'm joined once again by the co-host of the Double Density podcast, Brian Hasty. Brian, welcome back, man. Thank you. And I wish it were under better circumstances, but uh, we'll live. Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, there is a content warning for this episode. We're going to be talking a little bit about self-harm childhood sexual assault and csa material so if you're sensitive to that you probably want to skip this episode um this is the start of uh a, a series that we're calling ufo grifters because sometimes it's just good to call out the grifters and um you know uh today we figured we start with one of the worst um so Brian, why are we talking about Stan Romanek? Well, he's... Uh, so, Rob, if I picture you going for the best of the worst, right? You're opening up the barrel of, of shit, and you mm -hmm. put your fist in, you're going down, and then suddenly there's a hole to an even deeper barrel, and you reach out, you pull it out, and it's like extra awful stuff. Stan Romanek is one of the biggest grifters in ufology, and also just a real piece of shit as a human being, and uh, I am ready to make fun of him. I am ready to call him out when appropriate. And I'm ready to lay down the law when necessary. That's that's a fair assessment. Uh, Stan Romanek, giant piece of shit. No other way to put it. Just the worst. Uh, he became prominent as an experiencer in the 2000s and gained a reputation as having one of the most thoroughly documented cases in UFO history. So you know how much bullshit you're bringing to the table with that. Uh, so, so much yeah, just be before I forget, Rob, like he yeah. has over at the, at the point of, of, of the documentary extraordinary, which was um, shot in 2013, came out in 2014. He claimed yeah. almost 200 documented incidents, most yes. of them self-documented. So let's just take pause right there. Yes, most of them self-documented, and the people that he experienced things with, I don't trust for a second. But that's something we'll get into here. Uh, we're going to kind of run down uh, his story and the the incidents and shit on a lot of these incidents because they are worth shitting on. Uh, First and foremost, Stan Romanek, he was born in December of 1962 in Denver, Colorado, youngest of four children. His father was an Air Force NCO, and according to Stan, he worked with Minuteman missiles, which meant that he moved around a lot. At the age of five, he was diagnosed with severe dyslexia, which made him feel, quote unquote, isolated and treated like he was dumber. And I'm sure people who do, do suffer with severe dyslexia do deal with that. But I'm not I'm not showing any sympathy to Stan Romanek here. Sorry. No sympathy. It's, Correct. No, no. Zero tolerance. Yes. Uh, here's a direct quote uh, about his mother uh, in, in one particular 
uh, memory that he has. Quote, I remember her once taking us on a picnic picnic during a snowstorm and making it a fun experience despite the bitter cold. A task few women have the ability to pull off nowadays. What? What, are, <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know, but it was... I, I lifted that right from his book, Messages, you know, because... Stan receives some messages. Um, there is a message a in that s- book, and that message is he's fucking dumb. Yes. <laughs> like, it's just, and like, from the start to the finish, like, the book is like 200 odd pages. I'm not going to reach for it. It's over there. I don't want to deal with it anymore. But it's just a, a sort of like encyclopedia of stupidity from like various yeah. things. Like, all of the stuff is in his past, all of the innocence. And I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot of that too. Just, it's so weird how there's so many areas in this book that give you straight pause, but I don't understand how no one read this and was like, Think about what you're saying here. Yeah. Uh, he had a co-writer on this book, too. And it, like, why? Why? What did <laughs> what did this co-writer do? Uh, <laughs> clearly did not do him any favors. Uh, but after his schooling, uh, he went on to, to study design and graphic arts and attended a school for business management. At one time, he was a quote unquote fashion designer. I don't. I, okay, and from there he he moved to corporate jobs and management. Uh, he worked for Schwinn. Uh, quote. In fact, I loved bicycling so much that for a time I seriously considering. And yes, he, he wrote it considering uh, going professional and had set my sights on riding in the Olympics when several of my teammates died in a plane crash, leaving me devastated. End quote. So in the book messages. And yeah. also in the documentary extraordinary, um, Stan mentions a bike incident where he uh, mentions that shadowy governed people uh, roughed him up. The more likely scenario is that Stan had a bicycle accident because he's not actually that good at bicycles. That's a, that's a fair assessment. And uh, I assume he just falls all the time on them. Uh, it's a fair it's a fair assessment, folks, like through and through. Um uh, from there, he uh, moved on to computers where he became quite good at repairing them and getting rid of viruses. And this is your foreshadowing moment here, folks. This is going to come into play later on down the line. Uh, so just just keep that in mind if you're not familiar with the Stan Romanek story. Um, a question to you, Rob. Is yeah. he snitching on himself? I, I, it, He snitches on himself so many times in this book, Brian. <laughs> So many times. It's so many different ways, too. But yes, this is probably the biggest um, self-tell of all. Yeah. Yeah, truly. Uh, Quote, oh, and lest I forget, I even taught myself to play the Native American flute professionally, eventually becoming good enough uh, at it that I would later make a CD and go on tour. It is a hobby that still gives me much enjoyment to this day. End quote. Now... Uh, funnily enough, uh, Our Strange Skies does have a Discord. I don't advertise it that much. Uh, I just keep forgetting. But uh, if y'all want the links, just like hit me up on social media. I'll send you the links. But uh, there was someone in the Discord that said they met Stan Romanek at a convention and he tried to sell them CDs. So did you ask the price of said CDs? Because I'd be curious. He's probably like he's probably like a thirty dollar man, right? He's probably not like he wants he wants quantity. He's just it's a premium product. 
yeah it's it's totally a premium product and uh yeah i i did not ask but uh i i mean there will be a follow-up uh i because i gotta know i gotta know how much uh he was charging because it's just ridiculous so adding to this whole new agey kind of thing uh in doing some research i found out his middle name was tiger apparently though i'm not quite sure if that's true or not that is Um, true that is true I would love to see a birth certificate, but it's just, it feels like he's into, like, he's a mystic man, right? He should be, yeah. have, like, he should have a walking, like, stick or something. Yes, uh, a- absolutely. And, uh, uh, yeah, Stan is a, um, even, even just watching him on camera is just an unsettling experience. But, uh, you know, that's. So uh, every single picture and still you see of him, it's like you caught him doing something wrong. Yes. Or that yes. he's pooping. Like, what are the two? Like, if you, you know, we don't encourage this, but if you go ahead and Google image search him, there are not a lot of great pictures where you're like, oh, he looks normal. No, he's always, when he's posed, he's always pooping. Always pooping. Like, he's just got pooping face all the time. Like, you just caught this man in the bathroom. It, it, it just happens all the time but uh yeah the death of stan's mom in a in a couple of failed relationships seemed to affect him greatly but um i i think this is where all of this pants from quite frankly uh but in the year 2000 he started to experience what he called his awakening so december 27th 2000 Stan was uh, trying to convince his girlfriend, uh, soon-to-be wife Lisa, to come out and visit him in Colorado. So he decided to take a video of the area to show her and, um, you know, what it was like. And one of the one area in particular that he wanted to show her was Red Rocks, because Red Rocks is fucking beautiful. And um, he's basically driving along the this, like, back road, and he notices a bunch of cars pulled over to the side of the road. What could they be looking at? These people, they're looking at something. What could they be looking at? Brian, what were they looking at? <sighs> Oddly shaped metallic, and I'm using air quotes, like like objects in the sky. Um, mm-hmm. Like spherical ones just moving around. Yeah. Um, he was looking at some Mylar balloons. <laughs> Period. Uh, when you look at the video... Looks like a Mylar balloon. And and he, like, tries to, like, make out these details that are just absolutely fucking stupid. Um, quote, studying the object closely, I soon determined that it was some sort of oddly shaped metallic craft segmented into multiple spear- spheres, with the main body being rounded on the top and with six smaller spheres rotating slowly counterclockwise along its bottom. Meanwhile, if you look at that video, there was nothing rotating in that fucking video. Not at all. Uh, it was still. No. It was very still. Sir, these are balloons. So before I forget, and I tried to do some, I I tried my best to find some research on this. I would love to know because in the book and in the documentary, Stan notes that he met his wife to be on the internet. Now, where did they meet? What kind of forum, chat room, you know, comment section on a website did they meet on? Was it IRC? Like, I need to know how mm-hmm. they came together. Yeah, that's uh, that's a fair assessment. How, how did he ASL her up, you know? Like, 
Yeah, to those to the to the true heads who used to you know linger on the internet, ASL is the way to go. Yeah, uh, this balloon was highly reflective, like burnished aluminum, and it was tilting slightly in the direction in which it was moving. But perhaps the most peculiar thing about the craft was the inky black area between the rotating lower spheres. It was the blackest black I had ever seen in my life, as though it were somehow capable of sucking up all the light around it. It struck me that if somebody were to throw a stone into this void, it would simply continue into it for infinity. End quote. Um... You know what would have ended it quite well? A rock. A rock would have destroyed the balloon. The, a rock totally would have destroyed the balloon. I don't know why he didn't pick up one and throw it. But um, so, what, Rob, what is your stance on like on like tapping the glass when it comes to like UFOs? Right in theory, like should we be throwing rocks? What should we be doing here? I I don't recommend. Uh, I think I've come down firm on not shooting it with a gun. I'm staunchly in favor of not shooting it with a gun. Maybe throw a rock, maybe something softer. Depends on how close it is, but uh, you know what? Rocks are fine. I'm totally fine with rocks. Let's do like like but one one rock only, right? Yes. Just not a flurry yeah. of rocks, just one kind of get their attention, see what's yeah. up. And if they deflate, you've hit a balloon. Yeah, exactly. It, it could have been it, this whole thing could have been over real quick if he had just done that and we wouldn't even have to be talking about stan romanek but uh stan comes away thinking that this object took an interest in him and because of this it started to make him question everything with paranoia behind the wheel he started to notice strange clicking sounds when he would talk on the phone uh, a repairman allegedly came to his house and found a listening device on the exterior phone line. And what you find with Stan Romanek is, is that UFOs taking an interest in him means that there are other interests, other interested parties that are taking an interest in Stan. What's What I'm not totally clear on is if these interested parties are aliens and why would aliens need to phone tap your line? Just a question that I I don't really know. Clearly, it is a cabal of aliens and uh, highly placed humans getting together to mess with this one man. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, when we're when we're talking about this, think of the word allegedly a lot, because that's 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 where we're at here, folks, because Stan, um, there isn't a lot to back up that Stan ever says there isn't a lot of that you know there isn't a lot of high strangeness that stan experiences with anybody i was thinking Um, about that the other day and i was like maybe we should i was like maybe we should just call this like low class strangeness yeah low class um not even blue collar strangeness no not even sub yeah it, it, it totally is um So he claims that after his experience, he could attract birds to him. Uh, And this is all in his book. It's all in his book. And it's talked about briefly in the the documentary. Uh, He cites an incident in which he was driving with his friend Mark and some birds peppered the van he was in, allegedly. And this is slowly turning into an episode of Letterkenny. It really is (laughs) at this point. Or just like maybe I loved the idea that he just tied a bunch of like bird feet onto himself or in the yeah. truck or something and just, you know, or maybe he had a bird whistle because he's a new age kind of guy. He already has the pan flute. It's just a slight shift over to bird yeah. whistle. 
It, it, it is. Like, I want to know what um, Ian Anderson's ability to attract birds to him is like. I, I It's just, can he do it? I think he can. Um, I'm going to find out on the Jethro Tull website if there's a way to contact him, Jethro Tull. Yeah, please do. Like, see if he has an email. Maybe we could fax him. I'm not sure, but... Um, September 20th, 2001. So we're we're months later. We're almost like a a solid year later. But he has his first abduction experience. And at this point, Stan was working as an assistant manager at an an electronics job. And uh, around closing time, a bunch of people ran back into the store and told him to come outside to see a UFO. It was floating above and it was it had this blinking red sphere uh and it was approximately 30 feet in diameter he would eventually lock up the store like he just goes back in like like no big deal and then uh he's driving and he sees this ufo on the road he thinks it's a plane at first and then he starts to ask himself the question why me we're all asking that stan i'm i'm literally asking myself right now Yes. Like so okay, so a couple of things, right? So he has a group sighting. Uh, yep. nowhere in the book, nowhere in the documentary is anyone interviewed about this. You couldn't find one no. person from this group to just reach out to. Nope. Not a one. Not a one. So he raced home where he was going to have dinner with Mark and his sister Anne. You know what I find interesting? We never hear from Mark in the documentary, do we? Never. Nope. We don't hear from his sister Anne in the documentary, do we? Nope. Yeah. Uh, I think it's because they knew he was shady as shit. But um, he uh, runs inside, tells them about this UFO. He goes and he gets his camcorder and um, goes back outside. The UFO moves off. But Stan basically talks for hours about this UFO experience until his sister falls asleep on the couch, Mark leaves and he goes to bed. He apparently has a headache. Um, at 2.30 on the 21st, he woke up to a persistent pounding on the door and assumed it might have been a drunk neighbor or something. But Anne answered the door and there were three strange people, two men and a woman, who were dressed in uh, quote-unquote Halloween-type costumes, not very specific there, uh, but they were short, about four and a half feet tall, very skinny, with large heads, almond-shaped eyes with blue irises. Um, the blue irises kind of remind me of uh, Crescent from the Love and Saucers. She had very stark blue eyes, and uh, they had a slit for a mouth, so they look very gray-like, and I think the woman has a little bit of wispy hair on top of her head. Um, their heads were kind of triangular-shaped, so uh, like not unlike the um, those hairy aliens from Nope, you know, in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and they reminded Stan of a possum, so he called them the possum people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start up a band next week, and I know what I'm calling it. <laughs> it's got to be a jug band, though, right? It does. It does. Like, hardcore jug band, you know? Um, but uh, Stan started to panic, and at the moment, he did a telepathic thought came into his head and stated that it's okay. 
and the female figure suddenly grabbed him by the wrist and led him to the balcony. Uh, according to Stan, his survival instincts kicked in. He grabbed one of the males and tried to throw him off the balcony like he's Ed fucking Walters. <laughs> like, he's... This is un-American, as Ed would say. But uh, he just suddenly felt a tapping on the back of his head. And then the next moment, he's waking up in bed. And he chalks it all up to a crazy dream. It's all a dream, Brian. It's all a dream. Even this recording. It's a dream. I mean, I want to wake up, Rob. Like, this is Matrix-style <laughs> awakening, right? But I can't. This is the shittiest timeline where it is. this guy begins to to grift really hard. He does. Totally grifting real hard. Um, the next morning, there was a series of scoop-shaped marks discovered on his back by his sister. And I want to interrupt this to say that uh, having researched enough of these cases and like the scoop marks and all this shit and what you generally see in abduction cases, they do not look anything like the scoop marks that you see in any abduction cases. And in fact, it looks as if he burned himself with something. Uh, and as someone who has picked scabs his entire life, I know exactly what it looks like. And it looks like he burned himself. Like, so when I was thinking about this, and we we've covered this like like a long time ago, but I was thinking about you know uh, like a, a Stan Mikulak, right? Mm-hmm. The Falcon Lake incident. His burn yep. marks were very interesting. You can't 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 explain what it is very easily. Versus every single still and every single video where he shows some form of like oddness, there's always an alternate, very factual explanation for it. Exactly, and one thing that he. Uh, talks about is like how you can see them under a, a black light here's the thing if you take your scars and you look at them under a black light they glow it's kind of amazing like but it's it's nothing it's nothing special um so the incident prompted him to call mufon and the case was investigated by a guy named ethan um and according to him, these wounds allegedly healed 48 hours later. I don't believe that. Uh, but again... But it, it, this is just one of the first many medical miracles that we witnessed yeah. with Stan. Yeah. Uh, after a couple of other sightings, Mufon encouraged Stan to go public to find more eyewitnesses. And he did some interviews that were aired in May of 2002. And in June of 2002, Stan started to undergo hypnosis in relation to his abduction of September 2001. And it's pretty typical as far as most abduction accounts go. There is an examination. But what Stan comes away from this abduction uh, with is a bunch of knowledge that is seemingly shoved into his head. Um, equations and shit, mostly. <laughs> uh, so, but in watching the documentary, right, and you and I discussed this prior to this, like, you don't get the sense that he was put under. Mm-mm. At all. Like, you you mm -hmm. can kind of... I've watched a fair amount of these. Don't even ask me why. It's just something I find fascinating. And there are, like, different um, uh, mannerisms and way of acting when you are put under, under true hypnosis that yeah. I wasn't seeing. Like, once again, I wasn't in the room. I couldn't tell. But there could be a chance that he's bluffing this one. When you see people under hypnosis... In those accounts, most of the time, they're not moving their arms. And if they are moving their arms, like, I, they're starting to come out of it. 
Um, yeah, because he does he, this like weird gesticulation stuff with yes. his, like you're saying, with his hands that like he's kind of like talking. Right. Uh, and he sounds like very coherent, whereas most uh, people under hypnosis, they sound kind of distant when they're talking. They sound like, uh, you know, when they're emotional, they're emotional. But Stan just literally sounds like he's recounting his story to anybody uh, that he's ever recounted his story to. Um, and he's told that change is coming to Earth, which is par for the course with a lot of contact cases. Uh, shit's going downhill if you don't change your ways, man. So, you know, Stan's... He's he's special because he's going to be able to deliver this message. And like we've covered people that want uh, that in which aliens want the the abductees to deliver messages. We we just covered one uh, Harrison Bailey. They would not stop badgering that poor man about uh, delivering the message that, hey, we want to make friendly contact. But Stan's all for it. He's, he's all for it. And. I, I don't get it. I've never gotten a sense of fear from Stan uh, in, in so most of these cases. That's really funny because uh, when you read the book and when you watch the documentary, you get the sense that he's trying to be too cool for school about this. Yep. Like, for example, like when the first um, uh, sighting happened in September 2001, he kind of gingerly like what? Like he just sees a UFO and just goes back to the store like, ah, no big deal. Like and there's always this continual kind of like feeling that he's trying to to propel, um, trying to give off that he's too good for this almost, that he's too cool for this. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are those that uh, act as if UFOs are completely below them until they have their experience. And you see this in with investigators. Bud Hawkins is one of these people. Like he literally talked about in his first book how uh, he almost seemed to be too good for this shit, but ultimately made a career out of it uh, on top of being an artist. But um, yeah, like Stan's so cool, He's so fucking cool. <laughs> um, but following the the regressions, he started to draw strange symbols and stuff that he claims the aliens just put it into his head. He drew the configuration of planets in alignment, diagrams, equations, you know, the stuff that makes it seem like you're super smart, even though like everybody knows you're putting on an act. Of course, one of these equations, it was for element 115, Brian. Oh, shit. I wish I had I wish I had an air horn live here that would just right. blow everything out. Right. Rob, where where else could you find element 115? Uh there's a there's another individual in this <laughs> in this field that I want to bring up uh first but uh his name is uh Bobby Lasers as I like to call him. And uh, uh Well, that's... you and I have discussed the his infamous like uh the video that that Lazar was selling in the late 80s early 90s where he literally fucking he pulls up in a car in the desert, another too cool for school <laughs> character. And also, I can like, still like, see that video in my I head. know, same. <laughs> I've watched it like three or four times in my life, and it's just I can't unsee it. And so the funny thing is, right, when you really consider, where could Stan Romanek have heard about Element 115? It's not like Bob Lazar um, wasn't uh, doing coast-to-coast -coast AM appearances, and yeah. like his story hadn't been propelled a bunch of times throughout the 90s and into the 2000s. Yeah, it's not like the man wasn't a huge public figure that, uh, you know, talked about 
element 115 all the fucking time. So, you know, it's just, I got this formula. I, it, it, they gave it to me. I had never heard of Bobby Lasers before in my life. But uh, yeah, Stan, good old Stan, you know, following the regression, Lisa received an email that basically said Stan's life was in danger and that they've tried to contact him, but he is quote unquote stubborn. Um, A computer guy sends an email. What do you know? Just literally. So I have to ask at this point, like Lisa's complicit in all of this at this point, yeah. right? She's she's yeah. joining in on Stan's escapades because they realize that perhaps there is money to be made allegedly, right? right. Yes. We've we haven't been a part of Stan and Lisa's marriage, though other people have, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But it's just like this weird thing where it's it's collusion. It's yeah. you know, and I guess like in a court of law, if they are married, she cannot testify against him either. Right. Right. It's the perfect crime, uh, or at least it could have been. Uh, but, you know, that's what happens when you get arrested, which we will cover uh, later. But, uh, yeah, um, UFO sightings and abductions just continue to follow, including one in which he found himself outside one morning with no memory of how he got there. Uh, there were metallic samples collected and more scoop marks or burn marks, self-inflicted, Um there was a not so unusual circle in their yard too that was probably left by a children's pool that had been sitting in the yard like but they decided to check it with a Geiger counter and of course that needle needle just went fucking wild as you'd expect um there were incidents that involved his stepson Jake in which there was a formula written on the wall I believe it was the Frank Drake equation. And like, why do aliens give a shit about this equation? Why? Why do they care about an Earth equation? Yeah. It it literally makes no sense. Like, if, if this was a true alien contact story, I would believe that these aliens are just pranking these people. Like, Frank Drake equation. So basically what he's doing is he's just doing a best of, right? He's just doing... A yeah. really good best of. Now the that's what I call about. advanced math equations. All you ten. I would love. I'm kind of surprised at this point that he also didn't throw in a crop circle somewhere. Yeah, uh, I. You know, I think that like pool circles about as close as we get. But like, I would have loved to seen a, a really nice crop circle done by him. And but uh, we'll never get that. In April of 2003, there, um, this is where the hoaxing goes kind of nuts. And we get the alien puppets, Brian. We get the first one. According to Stan, he had gone into the kitchen to make a late night snack, and he claimed to see some movement outside the kitchen window. He basically thought he had a peeping Tom on his hand, spying on his two stepdaughters, and like, talk about like, fucking incriminating yourself here. Um, Self-snitching. Yeah, self-snitching. And, um, yeah, that statement makes me uneasy on many levels. After a few incidents like this, things quieted down, but in July of that year, the peeping Tom returned, and Stan decided to capture them on film. 
and he set up a camera looking out the window. And um, Brian, can you describe to me what was captured in this video, please? Rob, have you ever played with any sort of toy ever? Yep. All right. So when we were kids, you used to be able to buy those, um, those like heads on a stick with the little claw at the bottom. Yep. This is a larger size of that. So this is the infamous boot tape. Yep. Now, how anyone who never who had ever seen this and th- thought it was real, I very much question what is going on here because you look at the tape and what you see essentially is a um, just like a puppet or a, a, a toy or something bobbing up and down diagonally and then mm-hmm. disappearing slowly as if being yeah. yanked away, as yeah. if someone were holding it. Yeah. And yeah. the best part about it is when you watch the video, you see Stan kind of wait a sec and then go to the window and then be like, oh, it's gone. Instead of, I don't know, like opening the window up, looking at it. You know, if he he, he finally had something within his grasp that he wanted so badly. And yet he was so turned off or whatever by the idea that he just decided to wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's the incident in Stan's own words. Quote, at first, everything appeared normal. Just the window looking out into the darkness. Then there were two intensely bright flashes of light from outside, like flash bulbs spaced about 10 seconds apart. And with the second flash being much brighter than the first. A few seconds after that, I watched in astonishment as a little head popped up over the windowsill. It came up slowly at first, cautiously, as if it weren't sure it wouldn't be caught peeking in. Finally, it rose high enough uh, above the window ledge to reveal a full view of its face. It looked like one of those traditional greys of UFO legend. A large, hairless head with tiny features and prominent, almost jet-black eyes. They weren't as large as those you see in the movies, nor was the head grotesquely large. But it was a curious sight in any case. What impressed me most was how the creature's eyes appeared to reflect infrared light from the camera. I, which is, no. No, no Stan. No, it does not. Uh, even though the mesh, of the, mesh uh, of the screen on the window... I don't deny, of course, that a person could create a little puppet and, with a bit of ingenuity, even get it to blink its eyes and scrunch up its face like Boo did. In fact, one can purchase a fairly reasonable facsimile of an alien head off the internet that appears to be capable of performing many of the functions Boo had demonstrated. Clearly, with the level of technology available to us today, it is becoming easier and easier to fake almost anything, making me wonder if it will ever be possible to prove the existence of anything from videotape alone, end quote. So there you go. The man just in, in, in implicated himself. He is. We should, we should Bible code messages, right? We should yes. just, we should, you know, Dan Brown it up and yep. let it reveal the true tale of, of this sad, of sad man's life. Yes. Because like, I understand he probably put that in there preemptively, but that's just another self-own. Like, he's yeah. just, he's literally snitching on himself over and over. Like, that alien looks like the stock freaking gray, like, puppet that I've seen in, like, uh, on the cover. I know I've seen it on the cover of, it might be an audiobook or something like that, but it's a puppet. Like, there's no doubt that it's a puppet. And what's interesting is, like, Stan has more than one puppet. 
you know? Oh, God. Yeah. Um, so Stan did later claim to, I think he admitted to hoaxing it after. Yes. Yeah, the, he did. Yeah. Um, but uh, the the follow-up video is called the Grandpa Gray video. Brian, can you describe this one for us, please? <laughs> All right, so for some reason, all of the alien in Stan's life love, like, different kinds of frames, right? So we had the boo alien pop in diagonally from a window frame. This mm. one's hanging out, like, you know, uh, uh, the back door where you would install, like, a, a screen door kind of thing, like a patio door kind of. And mm-hmm. it kind of just shifts into frame a bit, hangs out a bit, and then shifts back out as if being pulled by someone. Yeah, it's curious. And it's, it's kind of the height of like a teddy bear, maybe a little bit higher, like maybe like I'd say like yeah. what, like three, three and a half feet, let's say. But yep. really just limited mobility, limited movement. Uh, it it kind of looks like a just for laughs gag. Yeah. Um, the most telling thing and the most upsetting thing about this particular incident, and, and it's one that stuck with me, uh, for those that don't know, and, and Brian knows this, so I'll get a little candid here. I was sexually assaulted in 2004, and the language of my abuser it was very much familiar in the tone of Stan Romanek and... When he talked about the Grandpa Gray incident, he basically said, I thought it was a kid, one of my kids pranking me, streaking through the house. So I was going to go get a camera and and I forget how he worded it, but like, you know, get them back or something like that. Like, uh, fucking Rob, once again, like self tells here. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's infuriating that he, you know, and like, we're joking about this, but like, quite seriously, like, he's a huge gaslighter. He yeah. says and does all these things. He um, is an abuser of different kinds of people. And we'll get into that because at the end of the day, like, he has kids. He has stepkids. Like, how do they mm-hmm. feel about all of this? Right. They probably don't feel great. They probably no. don't feel great both on the ufology side and then also on the prison side of things. Right. And it's just, it's right. very unfortunate that this is where he's landed. And it's just like this weird pattern of him realizing something and then saying something weird about it and hoping that no one notices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I watched the documentary with someone and they pointed out that it's almost as if he's as trying to admit to it in his own way. Like the self-harm is yeah. him trying to admit it and 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 deal with it and like you can see that in stan's story uh all all day long but like there are those that enabled him in the ufo community there are those that enabled him around him and um the the incidents after this just get like so bizarre there's an incident involving mystery contractors. On one occasion, Stan captured a video of a light shining down on the side of his house, which is just a fucking flashlight. When you look at it, uh, it's conveniently near a camera, and it literally it literally looks like somebody's on top of the roof shining a flashlight down. Like the, it's a flashlight beam, and. Well, also in the documentary, like there's like these quote unquote orbs everywhere, which are just laser pointers. If you right. watch any video. It literally is a laser pointer. Like, you cannot tell that it exists outside of hitting a surface. Right. There is no kind of, like, uh, external um, 
cognizance of the fact that like it has its own weight or it is like kind of moving through the environment of its own power it's just a fucking laser pointer yeah yeah and like they they talk about like bubbles coming down and like you telling me that somebody couldn't just like blow bubbles on top of that roof like okay so i'm gonna lighten the mood a bit rob okay so um in one of the videos stan shows that he has a huge bruise kind of like on the inside of his arm in the Mm -hmm. documentary so i'm gonna hold up a picture for you so it's kind of hard to see but this is something that happened to me in the same place rob do you want to go ahead and ask me what i was doing what were you doing brian i was drunk on canada day six or seven years ago and uh we had rented an airbnb in rural ontario and they were having like a tiny canada day gathering and there was a hill with a slip and slide, like a, a, a man-made slip and slide. Yeah. But the thing is, it was two tarps that the fire department had put down. So there was a way to get your arm hooked in between. Oh, God. The two. So that's how I bruised myself because I was drunk on Canada Day. Drunk on Canada Day. That's how... Stan Romanek wishes he got these injuries. Uh, and, but like, well, and that so that kind of ties into my whole thing of like he plays the victim card. He's not a fucking victim here at all ever. No. Like he mentions all these things, all this harassment, all the phone calls, all of the weird body shit, and he portrays himself as all of these things happening to him all of the yeah. time. Right, right. Um, like somehow it's just the victim, and in this case. There were these mystery contractors that showed up to replace the siding on the side of uh, the house where this had happened. And if you ask me, Stan was informed by his landlord that they were going to replace siding, period. So why not make up a UFO incident to like back it up and say something? Also, uh, of course, they were government contractors and they used the name Bob's Siding. So... Here's the thing. If you're a contractor, you do more than just fucking siding. You don't like I have never seen anybody that just like does siding. There may be people out there that just do it professionally. But if you are a contractor, you're doing more than siding. You're not just Bob siding. Like also, he didn't get a shot of the van. Like that's no. the other part. Right. He yeah. just And also, like these people are just trying to work. They're just trying to do some they shit. They are. They like, really he, are. I would imagine that they are curt with him because he's annoying. Yes, exactly. Very annoying. Um, in one abduction account, he claims he was returned wearing women's clothing, a women a woman's nightgown. Okay. Uh huh. I mean, listen yeah. if if you want to dress in that way, like no shame. That's you don't no have to shame. code it in this kind of like wild, uh, you know, um, extraterrestrial story. Also, something to note that's kind of related is if you go watch the documentary, like his his clothing choices are something else. Like he just. <laughs> He doesn't wear anything that fits him ever. No, no, never, never at any time. Uh, his clothing is as bad as JBL's pants on Monday Night Raw these days. <laughs> and uh, by this time, Stan had kind of moved to Nebraska because Lisa's ex-husband had joint custody of the kids. And eventually they did make the move back to Colorado and that's when Stan ran afoul of people in unmarked black SUVs. I don't understand why moving back to Boulder, Colorado would cause this. Like there's no fucking sense in why he wouldn't be attacked like at any other fucking point in time. Um, 
he was allegedly riding his bike when he was accosted by three individuals who jumped out of an SUV. And according to Stan, he fought them off, uh, but suffered a broken nose and other injuries. Um, so he's a karate master. So a three-on-one assault, and he's the karate master. Yes. Yeah. So, Rob, uh, I, we mentioned this at the top. We were talking about the bike incident. Uh, let's talk about it again. Yeah. Injuries consistent with falling off a bike. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, injuries consistent with a guy falling head, head first over his fucking bike. Quite literally. Yes. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, though, whether a lot of these incidents have happened to him or he made them happen, right? Right. Because right. it seems like he'll, he'd do almost anything to continue this narrative. So injuring yourself on the bike, not out of the realm of possibility. Once again, mm-hmm. allegedly. Allegedly. A lot of allegedly there. Shortly after moving back, they started to receive odd messages on their answering machine warning them that they shouldn't have come to Colorado Springs, these messages would be left in it by a robotic voice with a British accent. And this voice would have a name for him. Starseed. Um, and this woman identified herself as Audrey. Um, you know, I, like, I am not against people like that believe they are starseeds, you know, to each their own. But Stan Romanek takes it to a whole different creepy fucking level that uh, fuck you, Stan Romanek, quite frankly. Okay, so the voice, Audrey. Um, so during that time, you could purchase software. It was very primitive, but you could mm-hmm. purchase software that was basically like speech like like text to speech software with like different intonations. So yeah. for a while, like AT and T uh, offered like a free one on their website with different dialects and accents and stuff that I used to abuse for a college radio show, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I used to pretend to have people call in. Yeah, and so like I know that, like and I did some research. I hit up archive.org and like there was software that he could use. And once again, he's a computer man. Yeah, knows right? computers so, pretty well, really yeah. well. In fact, yeah. yeah. Also, I'd be remiss not to mention as a Canadian, Starseed is a great early EP song. It is. Uh, absolutely. Uh, throw those lighters up. Uh, it is a fantastic <laughs> song. Um, so there were messages left on the machines of friends. This is all really so fucking dumb. So dumb. These messages mark like the most extreme shit, such as like, um, you know, film image- images that have aliens in the background. Uh, so there's which... a couple. If you watch the documentary, like it is clear, it is like a a like soap sculpture almost. Yeah, yeah. In one of them, and then in another one, it's a standee that he got yes. made. Yes, like it yes. clearly looks like a piece of paper. And the the person looks two dimensional. This this girl with the big eyes, she looks two dimensional. There's no other way around it. Also, they uh, had like a weird cardboard cutout of a girl, too, at one point off yes. the distance after it's revealed that he has all of these fucking space children. Yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, some of these uh, photos are like they have like grays in the background, but some of them have children. And one of them purports to be a, a hybrid daughter of his. He claims to have nine hybrid children. So he, her name is. Her name is Kioma. Yep. And she calls him. Yes. On the phone. On a regular basis. Couldn't you star 67 or star 68 it? Yeah, really. Uh, star 69. Nice. Um, <laughs> but really, couldn't you do like the barest minimum of contacting the phone company to find out where these calls, like these, you know, other dimensional extraterrestrial phone calls are coming from? Yeah. It, it's a simple fucking exercise. Like there really is. There's no, like, 
damn you, Stan Romanek. I fucking hate you and, and everything that you have done to me in this fucking podcast. Uh, there's an incident in which an alien took a selfie with one of his cameras. Uh, <laughs> like, once again, like, you watch the Boo video. You hear shit like this, and you're like, yes, I'm investing wholly in this story. Of course, this is correct and true, and I believe in everything, including the laser pointers. Yep. Um, he allegedly had an implant removed from his right hip. In a 2004 regression, he started to realize that he had hybrid children. Uh, and the aliens told him that change for the Earth was coming in... Uh, what year was it coming, Brian? 2012? Yeah, there it is. But the change for the Earth for Stan Romanek only happened two years after that. But we'll discuss yes. that after. Yes. Uh, in July of 2004, he received harassment on his computer when his computer username was changed to YOU CAN'T HIDE! In all caps! Uh, and allegedly his car was tampered with on another occasion. So once um, again, computer man doing computer things. Also, yeah. like, a child... This sounds like a, a child's prank. Yes. The computer yeah. thing. Like, one of your kids got onto your, you know, uh, Windows XP machine and just was having fun with dad. Yeah. Um, the uh, Grandpa Gray incident occurred in March of 2005. And after that, you know, Gray's just showing up in photos left and right. Like, you know. Um, and then there's the UFO miracle that occurred in May of 2006. Long story short, Stan was on a ladder painting when he fell and tore his ACL. He went to a doctor, surgery was scheduled, but miraculously, his, injur his injury was cured by the aliens during an abduction. He woke up with a bunch of scoop marks on his legs, and the doctors declared it a miracle. Only, uh, we, we don't have video of them talking to the doctor, we just have some audio of them talking to some random dude, and, Correct. uh, you know. Legitimately could have been, the, like, the Bob sighting people. Yeah. Anyone, really anyone. Yeah. Um, so he started to receive phone calls from one of the cyber children after that. And like, that's when things just get out of hand. So 2014 Extraordinary, the Stan Romanek story, a documentary by Jack Roth and John Sumple is released. Let's talk about those two. Yeah. I did some digging. Yeah. So John Sumple uh, went to a weekend event where Stephen Greer was speaking. And yeah. this is how he got, quote unquote, turned on to Stan Romanek. So just, you know, the through line there is just stupid to start with. And if you think and we then, won't be covering uh, covering Stephen Greer on this segment in the future, you are dead he, wrong. Another person who loves laser pointers of a different kind. Yes, he does. And so Sumpel also claims in an interview that yeah. he's, quote unquote, not a UFO buff, but he's gone to all these u ufology events. Like, I don't know, like. I'd, I'd call myself as a person into ufology. Yeah. Yeah. And he cries about disclosure, you know? Cries about disclosure. Yeah. Uh, and also, we, we haven't talked yet about uh, uh, Stan's ability to cheat in his marriage and make it completely sane, right? So there's yes. a woman named yeah. Victoria Albright who... So have you ever taken any improv classes, Rob? No, I haven't. Okay, so there's an exercise called Yes And. So basically, you give something out and the other person, yes, and, and adds to it. This is essentially yes, and in real life. Yeah. So everything that Stan says, she backs up. So he starts a relationship with her, and his wife feels uncomfortable, but 
she's okay with it because it's predetermined by the aliens and the stars. Now, Rob, I'm going to drop this in the show notes. This is a surprise I wanted to send to you. But here you go, my friend. The most cursed image of all time. I just dropped that in the Zoom chat. Go ahead and open that up. Okay. Um They're they they're laughing. They're so they're... Victoria, Lisa, and Stan, twenty ten together. Just a weird shot of them laughing, and stands in the corner, just kind of grinning, and his bow ties all fucked up. Yep, yep. <laughs> so that's just it's super weird to me to be like, oh hey, by the way, uh, I have started an extramarital affair, and it's because the aliens told me to. Yep. Simple as that. Simple as that. Um, and also, like, you, you just, yeah, there's, I mean, we're about to talk about who's in the actual documentary. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, in this documentary, they kind of shove every kind of experience broken down into categories into, like, the first 30 minutes of this thing. And then, like, the last hour of it is basically, like, a commentary on on these experiences it is so weird in the way that this documentary is shaped and the fact that they made two more after it uh of you know covering different kind of but related topics is astounding to me but there are people experts featured on this thing including dr leo sprinkle paula harris alejandro rojas chuck Zakowski, and like I really don't understand what they saw in this man other than the fact that every every single one of them said that he was nice. So Paula Harris also appeared around the same time in Stephen Greer's serious documentary. So that's mm-hmm. all you kind of need to know about her, allegedly. Yeah. Uh, Leo Sprinkle had been like the foremost kind of researcher in abductions using hypnosis going back to the early 60s after uh you know he saw what benjamin simon did he took an interest in it and he worked with you know a lot of experiencers over the years including the uh the famed um regression done uh to Myrna Hansen and Paul Benowitz's car because he believed that uh it was the only place safe enough to do it the car was like wrapped in tinfoil the entire time and uh yeah um Alejandro Rojas uh of Open Minds uh although I don't know that he's doing as much with Open Minds these days he's got um uh, I think he, a lot of it is related to his job. Chuck Zakowski, who is, you know, the 37th parallel guy. He, he seemed to be the one that didn't want to be there. Yeah. 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 Like, like, I felt like he like he was asked and he was around. So he was like, yes, but he's very he's the most guarded in terms of like how he talks about things. So, yeah, I don't feel as bad for him in terms of like I believe yeah. that he was put into a situation where he's like you know what i'll go ahead and do this he could have always said no right and that's right. kind of like uh, an issue i have with all these people they could all just said no like really like so the the boot tape kind of went wide in 2008 so um stan was on coast to coast am three times in 2002 2003 2008 so the boot tape comes out and so stan shows up on coast to coast am on september 19th 2008 mm. and so what they had done is that they had found um, someone local to administer a lie detector test, which doesn't go Stan's way at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. So these are the two questions and the two answers. 
Do you know if the boot tape has been edited, changed, or manipulated in any matter? Inconclusive. Is the boot tape a hoax? Answer indicates deception. Mm. So his defenders will tell you that is because he was very anxious and nervous. That he was not of his right mind. He was having so much going on in his life that he just could not do this and sit straight and give honest answers because his body was just too anxious. Right. right. That is... Occam's razors suggest that he's lying. He's right. just, he's lying straight up. And so he started this whole war against George Norrie and Costa Costa AM and gotten mad about them. Um, so it's really interesting. If you look in the, the first part of the book, he talks about being on radio shows from coast to coast, but he doesn't say coast to coast AM. Right. Which I found really like a very interesting kind of bit. Uh, but yeah, he doesn't come off as, as a, a great person in this segment. No. And kind of gets huffy and like leaves, essentially. Which to me is like the, the essence of like who he is. Like when confronted with facts, he just he gets huffy and doubles down on something else. Like he just he pivots a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um in in twenty fourteen there's another infamous appearance. Uh what show was that, Brian? He was on the Peter Maxwell Slattery show. Yes. Um and <laughs> Stan tries to pass off as if the um the he aliens a pen cap yeah the aliens are trying to fuck with him but you can literally see him on camera throw a pen back behind him like you could literally see his hand and he keeps like there's a great video that we're going to include in the show notes that kind of like breaks down him throwing all these things to make it seem like the aliens are fucking with him during this entire interview and it's so fucking stupid and the fact that he's the host is going along with it. I'm like, there are so many people that feed into his delusions. And it is so fucking troubling to me, especially when you consider the fact that the a lot of them are respected researchers in the field. What is it about Stan Robinek that makes people want to fucking lie for him? I don't fucking know. I got two words for you. Human what? clickbait. Ah, human clickbait. Because honestly, if you view it through the lens of promotion and publicity, it all makes sense, right? right? You know, but the shitty thing is, as you said, like it denigrates real experiencers. It denigrates stories yes. that have real unknown elements to them. Yes. You know, people who have been abducted and there's no earthly explanation for some of the things they've seen or had happened to them or that they're able to to communicate to other people. And then you have this piece of shit wandering around playing with puppets uh, claiming that all the different burns he's had have been like aliens and falls off his bike and blames the men in black in a large SUV that he was able to fight off. Like, right. I don't, it's just, it's so frustrating to me to like want to believe in these things. And to the layperson, this is what ufology is. It's just stupidity incarnate. It's just right. almost 200 incidents of stupidity just existing over and over like one look at the boot tape and you know that the jig is up but yet he continued to show up to conventions to the ufo congress like there's there's all this shit that like you know and the only reason i think is because he his story is so outlandish and stupid that it's human clickbait right so same year that the documentary is released stan is arrested for possession of childhood sexual assault material on his computer. And for a guy that knows computers so well, what's the angle that gets played up? Well, of course, somebody planted it there. Somebody put it there. Somebody. The government. 
Yes, the government put it there. And in the documentary, they try to defend him with these stupid fucking bullshit headlines about, you know, shit being planted on people's computers. I'm not saying that that hasn't happened because it it has. But in this case, nobody gives a shit enough about Stan Romanek to plant that kind of shit on his computer ever. Not to mention the fact that the dudes incriminated himself like quite literally at every fucking step of the way and including in that documentary. And the fact that they like, um, you know, try to, you know, play innocent at the end totally fucking pisses me off. Yeah, like the movie's epilogue is a written epilogue that shows up on the screen. So they state that he's been busted for child porn. And then, like you're saying, they say they literally say before you judge and they show a bunch of website headlines all about how things have been implanted. So Time Magazine. OK, but then you pivot to Infowars. Yes, Infowars. Of course. And like and like websites of that of that ilk. Right. So Not I did research on, on a bunch of them and like they've all taken these stories down. I went through archive.org and I was able to go to. Um, different um, spaces in 2014 where their website was archived and there's like no mention like it was pretty much like very quickly like disappeared yeah a lot of those stories bullshit just like absolute bullshit just people trying to find ways to defend themselves uh, and, and, and you know denying it completely but like not only was it Infowars but it was Infowars as pulled from an article on scribe.com correct Correct. So just, you know, a gateway by which to view InfoWars. And the fact that they defend him and the fact that they say before you judge and the fact that they've seen all the footage, right? Because we've only seen an edited version of the documentary. The fact is they spent all this time with him. They have all these alleged incidents. um, Because also, like, something we failed to mention is that Stan writes down all of his incidents. All of them. Every single one He has a fucking list of them. Like, he literally has an image that he took outside of a window right next to his desk that literally looks like he put a piece of like tape on a window and tried to pass it off as a triangular UFO. Like what the fuck? At one point, at one point, uh, the documentary, um, shows like a weird shot of the bathroom ceiling. That looks like condensation problems. Like I, I live in an apartment where there are condensation problems because the, um, the toilet above the apartment of ours was leaking and creating weird bubbles, just yeah. like in the video. Yeah. Sir, check your house. Yeah, just get it checked the fuck out. Um, there was also, uh, I remember, a controversy a couple years ago because uh, Stan was sent to, uh, sentenced to two years at a halfway house, 10 years probation. Um, there was this controversy, I remember, a couple of years ago on Reddit, in which someone who was believed to be Stan Romanek and, you know, according to his probation, he's not allowed on the internet, allegedly got on Reddit and was commenting on photos of children. I don't know if that was true or not. I remember seeing it briefly, but I couldn't find it again. Um, But that allegedly happened. Um so I was snooping through Lisa Romanek's Twitter feed. So the last time she tweeted is in March 2020. And apparently uh, Stan um, was hospitalized eight times while in the halfway house. So he actually keeps getting returned back to serve more time because every time he's out of the hospital, he has to come back and like finish his his, his time. And uh, also, 
she also states that he was poisoned in 2008 with cadmium, and so he has he had like an instance of like C difficile and like all of these problems, uh, and they're all killing him. And apparently, his body is giving out slowly. So she's uh, asking for money. Yeah, yeah. The grift continues. The grift continues. Um. Yeah, that's that's this fucking story, Brian. Do you have any anything else to say about this giant piece of shit? I mean, he was a piece of shit 20 years ago. He was a piece of shit 10 years ago. Um, his enablers were a piece of shit even five years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Coming out and defending someone on child porn charges is pretty fucked up. Like, I'll be yeah. honest with you. There's a lot of things that I will defend in life, but I will never, ever defend Mm-mm. any sort of, of of heinous, shitty crime like that no. where, you know, kids were involved in any capacity. Like, it's, yeah. it's fucking angering to me that... Even now, people still cling to him, still cling to this hope that it's all just a government plot against him, right? And mm-hmm. I've thought about this logically a lot. Like, what is the government's endgame with messing with him so much, right? Like, if yeah. you were to lay down all the facts and all these incidents, you know, from the black SUV to the phone calls to, oh, someone entrapped me. I don't, I'm a computer man who doesn't know how to use the fucking computer. Um, you you have to wonder, like, what are they getting to? They want to discredit him? Once right. again, he, he has self-owned himself over and over and over again. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, and here's here's my my thing here. If you view alien contact with anybody as um, picking out the best of the best to make contact with or picking out the person that you think is the best to pass your message along to humanity. Stan Romanek is literally the worst. Why would aliens and aliens always seem to have this kind of insight into the people that they pick and make it seem like they are the ideal candidate for this shit. Why would Stan Romanek of all people be the ideal candidate for that? There is no fucking way that if it fucking peace-loving aliens coming to this fucking planet would pick a piece of shit like that. And that... And the fact that people still just defend him is... That's the thing. If you hit up places like Reddit and even above Top Secret, the forums there, which are just infamous, um, you know, there are still defenders. And I, I just, I don't understand why people staunchly want to believe that the government has it out for this guy. Right. Because, like, once again, like, why, why him? Why right. him? Right. And Occam's razor, once again, suggests he's doing it to himself. Right. One of the most thoroughly documented series of events, and they couldn't put a stop to him sooner. That's super fucked up, though, when you think about the name of the book, right? Because this message is the world's most documented extraterrestrial context, right? Most self-documented. Right. Right. There's there's an asterisk that needs to be in there. All this documentation comes from one person, no independent verification. Like once again, like we, we talked about the story of of the people in the store telling him, hey, Stan, come outside. There's a UFO. And where are these people? We're like right. apart from like his inner circle, apart from people like his wife right. and, you know, his his uh, star wife, Victoria, who just seems to want to believe in whatever he's saying, you yes. know, and it's it's sad because like allegedly. Or, you know, I'm, I'm presupposing that perhaps she has um, uh, a type of, like, loneliness in her life or a type of mental illness that has compelled her to join into this and want mm-hmm. to believe, right? Because yeah. 
it's very hard to want to believe that people like this are on a mission of any sort. Like, what is Stan's mission, right? Like, what is his mission as it relates to UFOs? Like, what is he supposed to evangelize about? Yeah. Um, I, like, nothing. There's nothing. All it is is a grift. And... Stan Romanek is the worst grifter of grifters. And that's a solid first volume of UFO grifters on this podcast. Uh, clearly, we picked the worst to really start with. But like after that, you can only go downhill so far. Actually, you could probably go a little up. Um, Brian, thank you for coming on this podcast and we we constantly put ourselves through like the the fucking we put ourselves through the shit brian every time every it's, time it's brutal uh, it is brutal. so rob i'm sad that you didn't name this yo fuck that guy the yo fuck that guy series <laughs> there's always a chance that we can we can change it uh but seriously fuck that guy um brian you have a you have a podcast where could people find we don't have we don't have to talk about that right now <laughs> whatever fair. he gives a shit That's yo fuck fair. that guy no okay so i co-host in a, um, a podcast named double density so we emerge the world of tech in the world of paranormal together and i do that with my co-host angelo um right now we're on a weekly schedule so this is like november 2022 we're doing weekly for the next little while and so you know we drop episodes every wednesday uh i get frustrated by his old man ways and he mm -hmm. gets frustrated by my um Lack of trying to get him to do anything, literally. So Rob recently was on an episode of Double Density to talk about a book. And it was actually kind of miraculous that he actually read the book. Yeah, even more miraculous that he was okay with it. <laughs> Which also, was like, once again, like a, a book where there's like demonic rape, essentially. Yes, yes. Uh, exactly. Sexualized demonic rape. Yeah, very, very. But it was okay in Angelo's eyes. Uh <laughs> Yo, fuck that guy too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. I'm kidding. I would love if he listened to this episode all the way to the end. And oh, there's seriously. Like a little, there's yeah. a little, you know, tidbit at the end. But it is very frustrating to uh, come on and talk about something so frustrating. So, thank Rob, like, I super appreciate you having me on. I know this was a bit of a weird one for you, given the fucking gaslighting that he's been doing and the denigrating mm -hmm. of anyone with a legitimate, yeah. um, you know, prior situation or incident um right in life be it ufology or not and it's just it's unbelievable like i i really truly question humanity sometimes when they try to 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 back people like this yeah totally um just think of the victims in this case don't think of fucking romanek um so i i think like pre so just one last bit i think mm -hmm. pre you know um child pornography charges really the victim at the end of the day is all of us yeah. Like we we were subjected to his stupidity and then as soon as he dropped the boo video on YouTube in 2008 everyone should have just walked away. Yep. Should have just wiped their hands clean of it. But was humanity yeah. a mistake, Rob? Um Stan the, the story of Stan Romanek will have you believe it is. Um yeah, that's the easiest way to sum it up. <laughs> in this case. Um uh, I'm going to keep it short because this, this episode was soul crushing, but uh, uh, special thanks to Floats for the use of our uh, theme song. It's called UFO. It's a pretty good song. Go check it out. Uh, special thanks to Megan Lagerberg 
for our logo, Spencer Worth Davis for editing this podcast, which I feel bad that he's going to have to do that now. And uh, to the great Desdemona uh, for all the t-shirts designs over the years. Uh, and finally, don't forget to look up because you never know what you'll find in our strange skies. Uh, just don't look anywhere for Stan Romanek. In gray, we trust. Yeah.